Hello and welcome back to the CC Pro Podcast. I'm your host Mark and in today's episode we're going to discuss the latest FOMC and give a full macroeconomic update. We're going to discuss what the Fed's latest update means for markets, what it means for the traditional markets and more importantly what it means for Bitcoin going into 2024. So before we start, if we go back two weeks to roughly the 1st of December, Fed Chair Jerome Powell gave a speech in which he said the Fed weren't even discussing rate cuts. He said rate cuts weren't even on the table, and although markets were starting to price in rate cuts in 2024, he said that wasn't even a conversation for FOMC members. In this speech, he reconfirmed his commitment to bringing inflation down to 2%. So fast forward to this week and CPI inflation came in at 3.1% year over year. So while inflation is still causing a problem for the consumer, month over month it is dropping, but year over year prices are still rising, something that the media seems to forget when they report about inflation. So going into the FOMC, 99% of market participants surveyed bet that the Fed was not going to raise rates. They were going to hold rates steady for the third month in a row. But what was of more interest was the dot plot that came out from the FOMC and the press conference that Jerome Powell done half an hour after the decision. The dot plot is basically where all FOMC members predict where interest rates are going to go in the following 12 to 18 months. And as everyone probably knows by now, the FOMC hinted at three rate cuts in 2024, bringing the target rate for the Fed funds rate down by three quarters of a percentage point, or 0.75%. This marked a massive change from Jerome Powell's statement just two weeks prior, where he said rate cuts weren't on the table, they hadn't begun discussing them, no one was discussing rate cuts until inflation got down to 2%. Now, if you follow any financial news or financial media like CNBC, you'll see that they're framing this as the Fed has won. The Fed has battled inflation and it's won the fight. And that's why we don't have to hike rates anymore. Inflation's coming down on a month-over-month basis, despite still being up 3% year-over-year. And the economy doesn't need to hike rates anymore. In fact, we can start looking forward to rate cuts in the middle of 2024. Now, obviously, the market took this as a sign of victory. And the Dow Jones exploded higher, breaking into a new historic all-time high. If we look at the market this morning, they are pricing in six rate cuts in 2024, despite the Fed's guidance that they only expect three. Now, this is obviously a big contrast from Jerome Powell's statement on the 1st of December, where he said they weren't even discussing rate cuts and it wasn't even on the table. And of course, with the Dow Jones exploding higher, markets taking that as a victory, expecting more liquidity to be in the system next year, so prices will rise stocks will rise, assets will rise. The Dow Jones closed its highest weekly candle in its history this week. We saw different Fed speakers come out on Friday to try and calm that narrative down, saying that despite what the dot plot showed, rate cuts weren't really on the table. Basically, Jerome Powell's statement was far too dovish. The markets took it too well and now they're worried that they've not done enough and they've let the cat out of the bag once again. But for me, this is no victory. The Fed hasn't won against inflation and the job against inflation isn't done. 
likely something's going on behind the scenes. Now, in the press conference, Jerome Powell stated that he didn't want to over-tighten. He didn't want to raise interest rates and bring inflation down too much. Now, this to me seems bizarre. Why would you not want inflation down below the 2% target? Because then, once you start relaxing rates, it might settle out at the 2%. They're going to give up hiking rates ahead of time because they're scared that inflation goes below 2%. Because, God forbid, that consumers actually get a break from rising prices. The Fed is claiming they've done enough. They've battled inflation and they've won. And now it's time to focus on stabilising around 2%. But when we actually look at what the Fed said, they don't expect core inflation to hit its 2% target till the end of 2026, which is still another three years away. So if you're target is 2%, you're not going to hit it for another three years, why would you give up hiking rates now? Why wouldn't you wait and try and bring that target down earlier? Well, for me, the problem is the economy. The economy can't stomach any more rate hikes, and we've been saying this all year. Eventually, the Fed has to pivot, and the Fed doesn't pivot because it wins. It pivots because it's scared of the consequences of hiking further, and this is exactly what's going on. Now, the fact that Jerome Powell said that they're actually worried about inflation going too low, going too far below 2%, is kind of laughable. Americans have had to put up with inflation up to 9% over the last few years, and by the looks of it, they're going to have inflation up until 2026. So being worried about prices actually dropping lower than expected, that would be a great reprieve for the American consumer. But the Fed, they don't want that. They don't want consumers getting a break from rising prices. And the reason for this is because deflation basically means a general decrease in prices of goods year over year. But that makes currency more valuable. It encourages more people to save because the value of what they're saving goes up over time. Their purchasing power actually increases over time. As opposed to the system we've known for the past 40 years where purchasing power only declines over time. So you're encouraged to spend because saving that money just sees it whittle away month by month. So people spend rather than save. That creates tax receipts for the economy and it encourages this cyclical economy where the government has more money to spend because they collect more tax receipts because the value of the currency drops over time. Well, in a deflationary period, that's the opposite. People save, they spend less, so the government has less money to spend because they have less tax receipts. If the system was deflationary, the government would have to actually look after what it spends its money on, rather than having this endless budget. But the number one reason deflation is bad for an economy like the US is because it's bad for lenders of debt. Now for me, a period of deflation would be great for the consumers. They've had 8-9% of inflation over the last few years, so if they could have 1-2% or deflation for a year, that would give them a reprieve and it would settle prices back to a more normal level. But no one that has any debt wants that. Western economies are dependent on debt. People have to use debt to purchase things because we aren't a nation of savers. We're not encouraged to do that because over time our purchasing power declines. So if there's no, con if there's no expansion of the credit system, there's no increase in debt because of deflation, then economic activity will stall. And it's all because of this reliance on debt and credit 
that makes deflation a massive worry for the Fed and for the US government. Now, one of the interesting things that also happened this week was gold was making a big move. At the start of the week, it traded as low as $1,973 per ounce, but after the FOMC, it broke way above $2,000 and hit $2,040 at one point. This is an interesting move, because if the Fed's meeting suggested risk on loads of capital flowing into the markets, then why is gold pumping? You would expect gold to either stay flat or maybe even decline as people moved away from hard assets into more speculative assets like tech and stocks. But the number one reason for gold making this massive move is the fact that everyone understands the government of the US isn't going to stop spending money. Its $2 trillion deficit this year is only going to increase next year. If the Fed's worried about deflation, that means less tax receipts, which means the US government is going to increase its deficit. It's going to have to spend more with less revenue. And if that happens, it's going to have more debt that's going to have to auction off. And right now, there's a lack of buyers for that debt. We spoke about the reverse repo account last week in the podcast, and it's now down another $85 billion this week. That liquidity is drying up very quickly. And when that liquidity goes to zero, there's no one else left to buy US government debt. So who's going to buy that debt? Well, of course it's going to be the Federal Reserve. The US central bank's going to buy the US government debt in basically yield curve control, which Japan's been doing for the last decade. And that's why gold is surging. Jerome Powell is basically playing a big game of chess. He knows in 2024 he's going to have to purchase government debt. So in order to buy it with a lower yield than the 5.25%, he knows he's going to have to cut rates so that when he does buy that debt, it's at lower interest rates than right now because the interest on the US government debt is already costing over a trillion dollars per year. And if the interest rates stay really high, that's going to cost even more which is going to cause bigger budget deficits. So in order to cap that, all they have to do is get yields down. And the easiest way to do that is suggest that cuts are on the table. However, I think there's bigger problems on the horizon. I think the Dow Jones rally is a pure speculation rally into the year end. Market participants are buzzing with the rate cuts. They're seeing that as a signal to go full risk on and take some speculation and go into the markets and try and take out as much profit before any recession kicks in. One of the interesting charts from this week that we shared in CC Pro is that when the Fed actually ends rate hikes, that's actually bad for the economy. And when they start cutting, we normally see a rollover in the stock market. And the reason for this is the reasons that the Fed has actually stopped hiking rates is because the economy can't handle it anymore. We are seeing bankruptcies, consumer debt, credit card balances, and obviously the US government debt breaking all-time records every month. Black Friday's seen a 40% increase on buy-now-pay-later purchases because the consumer is still spending, but they're not spending real money that they own. They're spending credit. They're taking lines of credit, and eventually those bills are going to come due. And when that happens, consumer debt is going to come a hard stop. Okay, so let's get back to Bitcoin. Everyone probably thought when the Fed hinted that there was going to be rate cuts, that Bitcoin would pop and it would go up in a straight line, basically. And that's not happened. 
We had a little move after the FOMC, but largely we've been moving sideways ever since. And as I record this, Bitcoin's trading around $42,200. So why no big god candle when the Fed is done hiking rates? Well, the reason for me is that, as we've been saying pretty much for the past 68 months, is Bitcoin is establishing itself as a risk-off asset. And by risk-off, I mean it doesn't rely on anyone else. It doesn't rely on the banks or the economy. Bitcoin just does its own thing. And it's a safe place to park your money to get away from counterparty risk like bank collapses, stock collapses, or governments printing trillions of dollars. In the past, Bitcoin was seen largely as a risk-on asset and it was very correlated to the stock market. But over the last two years, this has been broken and we are seeing a new narrative in Bitcoin. We are seeing Bitcoin being seen as a safe haven, a place where people want to put their money to protect themselves against basically the government and the weakness in the traditional economy. So because of this, we aren't seeing the big move in Bitcoin that we likely see in the coming months. For me, these moves in the stock market over the last few days are speculators just trying to get as much profit out of the stock market before the stock market probably goes into a recession in Q1 2024. Remember, consumers are tapped out. They've been using credit all year. Eventually, that takes its effect on equities and stock prices. On top of this, there is obviously something going on behind the scenes that people just don't know about. Is there another banking collapse on the horizon? Is there a hedge fund that's massively short? Something's going on which has caused the massive U-turn for Jerome Powell and that's going to be bullish for Bitcoin. But right now, the stock market's pumping and it's sucking all the liquidity out of the system which doesn't allow Bitcoin to pump. People are moving their holdings that they've maybe parked in Bitcoin over the last six months into the Dow Jones or the Nasdaq to just try and cream off some of that extra profit before the stock market begins to roll over. And despite gold's early week rise, we can see that it's actually retraced after the back of the Fed meeting, which normally you would expect it to pump when the Fed suggests rate cuts. But again, it's just people moving their money into wherever they think they can get the best profit in the shortest period of time. Smart money moves into the stock market, takes profit, but then when there's weakness in the markets, I expect Bitcoin and gold to go on a massive rally into Q1 next year. Another reason why Q1 is so important for me is that the Fed's temporary funding program that they set up in March to protect banks from collapsing because of their investment in US Treasuries is due to expire in March of 2024. Basically, the Fed was giving banks the value of their Treasuries at maturity rather than their current date value. So basically, if you bought a US Treasury worth $100, it had dropped in value to $50, but it was going to be worth 120 in 10 years' time. The Federal Reserve gave you $120, but you have to pay them back with interest by March 2024. The amount of people using that facility is rising month over month, which tells you that banks need more liquidity because they're struggling. All of this is bullish for Bitcoin and gold in 2024. I believe there's going to be big problems in the US economy, Rate cuts are going to begin way earlier than expected. I've been saying since June that I reckon we'll see a rate cut by March 2024 and the likelihood of that only increases with every month. Rate cuts next year, presidential election, 
weakness in the US economy is all painting a bullish picture for Bitcoin. And that's without even talking about the ETF, which to me is just a response to all these issues. Smart money, see all these issues on the horizon, don't know where they're going to put their money and suddenly turn to Bitcoin, the safe haven asset, and then start filing for ETFs. That's been my base case scenario since the day the ETF got announced. Okay, so hopefully that covers what happened with the Fed, the FOMC, and the rate hikes this week. We are just four months away from the halving, and we are more bullish on Bitcoin than ever. Smart money's waking up to the potential of Bitcoin, and everyone's becoming very aware of the problems with the US economy. The Federal Reserve has lost all credibility, and I would imagine rate cuts begin in March 2024. If we see any move from the Fed earlier, that tells you that there's an economic crisis coming very soon. Now, all being said, if there is a market-wide economic crisis, I still expect a dump from Bitcoin. And the reason for that is that when there is chaos, there's crisis, people just want to get into cash as quickly as possible. And Bitcoin is so liquid that they can get out of Bitcoin into US dollars instantly. So although I am very bullish long term, I wouldn't rule out if there is an economic crisis or a crash that Bitcoin also dumps. Okay, thanks for listening to this podcast. We will have loads more episodes coming in the run up to the new year. We've got a few special guests coming on very soon as well. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you again soon.